Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett. Uh, today, we are going to have a fun episode, and we're going to do some talking about self-driving cars. <laughs> so when we think about self-driving cars, I always think about Tesla. Like, Tesla is the default one that comes to mind for me. So, Rochelle, like, who do you think was the first car to actually come to market with self-driving cars? I mean, I, like you, I mean, like, when you think of self-driving cars, you know, you automatically think of Tesla because that's who dominates the market right now, right? We don't think it goes back to any further than this immediate time, like 2015, 2020. I don't know when, you know, if you look at the highway and byways, that's all you see is Teslas. And they have such, you know, limited car colors, you know, blue, white, red, black. I think those are the only colors and you see them everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and then you see in the news where they're driving off the side of the road, you know, people <laughs> falling asleep driving them. So, you know, that's all that you think of. But they've been around for a while. And, you know, you think of the people who lead the industry in car making, you know, the Americans, Ford, you know, um, Dodge, you know, those folks. And then the Germans, right? Those are the people you think of who, who mm -hmm. gave us cars, you know. So I would think Mercedes. I didn't think of Americans as doing self-driving cars. I don't think they they jumped into the market early, but um, I would say the Germans and particularly Mercedes. Yeah, so that that would have been my guess as well, or maybe like BMW or one of those sort of like older like car companies. But it was actually Carnegie Mellon over here in the United States was uh, at their nav lab was one of the the very first one in the early nineteen eighties, and then Mercedes shortly after that. So you're not uh, you're not far off. Like, I was very surprised to see that they were around in the 1980s, just because, I mean, you remember the cars in the 1980s? They were pretty, uh, pretty basic, right? <laughs> no you computer know, parts. Right. You know, but you think about this, you know, like nothing we see, like it, just think about basic computer technologies, right? Somebody is in their basement right now coming up with the latest, greatest thing, right? We just don't know it, but somebody's, you know, you're probably doing it, Drew, you're probably in your basement right now configuring <laughs> something that's going to blow us away, right? Somebody's always working on these things, you know, somebody's always thinking about these things, you know, I don't know if you watch this, I watched the weather channel, like, uh, you know, it's like my favorite channel to watch. And there's this guy who's created this weather suit that you can fly in, right? So what? A, 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 seriously, a weather suit that you can fly, right? Nice. So if you have an accident, you're, you're a skier, or a mountain climber, and there's an avalanche, or you fall off the mountain, he's created this suit that you can put on and you can, he can fly to you and save you, you know, bring help to yeah. you. So somebody's always creating something new and, and inventive. So I'm not surprised about this. I wonder, you know, I, when we were talking about this topic before, you know, you go back and you look at this thing, there's this piece on Wired, the brief history of autonomous vehicles. And you look at this thing and um, Jim McBride did the article. And so in the 1500s, Da Vinci had a self-propelled cart. <laughs> Who yeah. knew, right? Yeah. You know? You know, so you look at this thing, you know, Stanford had a self-propelled cart, right? Yeah. DARPA had self-propelled challenges. You know, University of Michigan, you know. Yeah. You know, and and when do we see Tesla? In 2015. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. a that's a great point. And that, you know, I hadn't really talking about that weather suit. That reminds me too of like the uh like there are some like little like self like I think they're like helicopter drones that they can send up to help rescue people on there. And those things have been around for I think like 10 years or so, which seems forever in the world of technology. But it's like, no, it's this thing that, you know, it can make it up to places that other people can't. And, you know, I guess you'd like attach yourself and it'll fly you back down. <laughs> Exactly. You know, I mean, I, I just say that none of us should be surprised by what comes out of technology because, you know, what we've seen should not have us surprised by anything we may see in the future. Because there are brilliant people out here creating these things. The problem is what's the other side of the innovation, right? Yeah. You know, I think as we consider the ebb and flow of innovations, there's good and bad with everything. So we've been able to conveniently blame tesla for these cars fly, side flying off the side of the road people mm -hmm. falling asleep while they're driving um i don't know that's what he had in mind when he started creating these these self-driving vehicles or what the early inventors had in mind but i, I would love to be able to sleep in a self-driving car like that sounds great <laughs> isn't that what it's called the limousine <laughs> yeah, I would love to be able to sleep in one that I can afford, though. <laughs> you can afford a limousine ride from your house to the end of the driveway. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's what we all can afford. Yeah. A ride from the end of our driveway to the end of our street in a yeah. limousine. And you can take a nap or the ride. I mean, like, you certainly. I mean, I don't know about these things. You know, I, I don't think I, like. You know, when you're riding in the car with your significant other, your children, and they're driving, you go to sleep while they're driving. I do. <laughs> I, I did when I was younger. And uh, once my son got to driving age, that went out the window. I can no longer sleep in any car. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that part of my life is gone. Right. You know, I don't even sleep when my husband drives. I have to keep an eye on him. You know, he's, he's falling asleep on the road. You know, I, oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, there so, are like, at least in San Francisco, they have like switched a lot of those. Not it's not Uber, but you can get like self-driving taxis now. Like, like it's nothing. Like there are like companies out there doing it uh, successfully, and it sounds like the cars do pretty much fine. You know, like not it's it's scary, but it's 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 in use like right now, which is super exciting. Not not doing it, Drew. I, I'm <laughs> good, but not doing it. I told you, my daughter taking me to seattle and over to uh vancouver you know and i'm like okay when we went to, so we went to san francisco in 2017 2018 i'm not exactly sure and you know san was very hilly and very oh, yeah. you know and so the guy who picked us up from the airport he you know he must have lived there for a long he's zooming you know like all right and i'm praying in the back please god don't let us die in this car right we just go you know and so we'd already seen too many things that were shocking to the eye you know we, we were staying in tenderloin and i don't know if you're familiar we already saw naked people we saw too much already so you know we were praying to god we didn't die on the car ride so no yeah. i'm gonna pass you know I, you know again i'm really happy for all these innovations you know and um some of it is a bit much for me, you know, I mean, like I'm, I'm of the older generation. My hair is turned whiter by the day. You know, every time I look at it, it's more white hair than it is black hair. But then at the same time, you know, like I'm, I'm an innovation generation. I'm, I'm rare, you know, people my mm -hmm. age typically are not technologists, but I am. Um, and so I enjoy technology, but on the other side of that, Drew, car technology, you know, like 
did you ever think those two words belong together in a sentence? You know, car and technology. You see car as just this machine oh, that yeah. you, you control. But now, you know, I was telling you this, you know, so when you go to the car dealership, you know, it's not just how fast the engine can go or how nice the engine purrs or how quiet it is or how, you know, all these other features or how nice the tires are. It's all these wonderful features, you know, like, have you have you been in a Tesla recently? Uh, a couple of years, uh, probably two years ago, I was in one. And you see how big that uh, screen is? Oh, it's yeah. I love than, that. It's bigger than the iPad, the big iPad Pro. You know, the yeah. iPad Pro is a 12 point something screen. It's bigger yeah. than that, you know? Yeah. Now the Mercedes has that giant screen in it. The Lexus has now got that big old giant screen in it. It's like, okay, yeah. what am I supposed to do with all this information in the screen? So now you've got your work tablet built into your car, so you don't even need to go in the office. I'm going to go to my car and work, honey. I'll be oh, in yeah. the rest of the day. And then it's electric, so now you've got to have an electric charging station in your yard. you got to go somewhere. And, oh, honey, I'm going to ride down the street. I'm going to charge the car. I'll be mm. back in a little while. And while I'm there, I'm going to do some work. You know, I'm going to charge and work. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love those console systems. That's sort of, I mean, I'm not like a car person, but I like having a entertainment system that is, like, easy, intuitive, and preferably big. Because until recently, like, our uh, car systems were I mean, it's almost like a cell phone that they've glued right. on to. This size, this was the yeah. size of it before, right? It's yeah. the size of an iPhone, right? Yeah. Now it's the size of a, 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 a Apple screen, you know, almost the size of the iMac now. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Which, like, I sort of love because that's sort of the that's the interesting part of the car, at least to me. It's like I don't really care about how fast it's going and what it looks like. It's I want to be able to interact with my media in a way that's not going to like kill me. I want to just you know play podcasts, play music. Uh, get GPS and be done. And that's why uh, our most recent car has that like Google uh, or Android Connect, which I think is similar to Apple CarPlay. And I thought that was a very cool technology. I think both of those are very cool. It's like they sort of get you out of that being tied into some manufacturer's junky entertainment system. You can just do it all from your phone, which is I think what pretty much everybody wants anyway. Right. And I mean, at the end of the day, all of this technology for, let's just say, people your age. So from Drew's age on down, it's a wonderful thing. My age. Okay, so let's just see for the baby boomers and that group. Okay, you get in the car and my car says, good morning, good afternoon. Hello, Rochelle. <laughs> Can I say hello back to it? No, because it doesn't respond back to it. Where are it we will soon. <laughs> Where are we going today, Rochelle? So it pops up work. So I don't work there anymore, and I don't know how to delete it out. So it doesn't give me an option to delete it out. Yeah. Grocery store, so it knows my three favorite grocery stores. So it gives me an option to pick one of those three places. Okay, I'm going to, yeah. what if the grocery store moves or it goes out of business? Okay, there's that. Or to the doctor. Those are my only three places, four places I can go. To the grocery store, to the doctor, or um, there's one other place. Okay, those are the only four places it knows I'm going. It automatically goes to the place. If I go to one of so like when Everett lives in Charlotte, if I was going to Charlotte, it didn't know where I was going. Where are we going yeah. today, Rochelle? This is not your normal route. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This well, that's sort of what I sort of like about maybe the like, and I think self-driving cars will get here eventually is when we think about even like, you know, keeping the like saving, saving fuel in the world and getting electric cars and not like uh, being wasteful, like. Like, if you think about, like, how often do you actually use your car during the day, right? Like, during the times when we were going into the office, it was probably 
twice, maybe three times, drive to work, drive back, and all the other time your car is sitting in a parking lot. What I would love to get to is the point where maybe we don't even own cars, right? Yes. Like maybe we lease part of one. Maybe it's just we say, hey, we're going to go to the restaurant in 10 minutes. Uh, send one of the neighborhood cars over to me and we'll pop in there and go. And it's going to drop us off at the restaurant. Then it's going to go like pick up its next person. And then we don't have we don't have the need for a giant driveway. We don't have the need for parking everywhere. It's just it seems like a much more efficient use of the technology, but it also feels like we're a bit off from that. And I don't I think also the automakers want us to buy cars. So that may be a tougher sell for them. But I think the problem they have is what's happening to our client, right? So these 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 um fuels that we burn into the air that does damage to our planet. Mm -hmm. They're gonna have very not very much choice about these. They're gonna have to make carbon neutral cars and that's electric cars or hybrid cars and i even think the hybrid cars are going to go the way of the dobo dobo oh, yeah what is that bird i can't say right now dobo <laughs> bird yep. you know i do think that but i i think what's so first the interior of the car right so making the car so my car is very comfortable right it's very very comfortable and all that stuff but you know for older people, don't make it too comfortable because we might actually go to sleep and it's not a self-driving car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I got to tell you, so, so one of the things um, that happens a lot, especially with older people, is going down the wrong road, right? So mm -hmm. the car, so what's happening with newer cars is they have that lane departure thing on your mm -hmm. car, so you know when you're going. So that's one thing, but they need to have a feature that tells you're going the wrong way and it needs to speak up loudly, not just be a beep, beep, beep. So it needs to yeah. speak up loudly. Hey, you're going the wrong way. Right? Yeah. So that thing needs to happen. There also needs to be features that tires know, like, you know, those little things in the car that go bump when you ride, run over them. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so. Bup, bup, you know, bup, 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 bup. Right. So they need to have something in the car for older people, not just that, but something that actually causes the car to stop or either cause the car to have some function that doesn't allow you to go down the wrong way. So. Where were yeah. we at? Somebody was actually driving at an accelerated speed down the wrong way, right? Yeah. Fortunately, everybody else was able to divert around it. There weren't cars that they couldn't do. But, like, there needs to have some kind of feature like that. The other thing that needs to happen with these new technologies is that they need to make driving friendlier to drive for everybody, right? So, if you, I don't know how familiar you are with foot I-40 coming toward Durham, right? So you know, oh, yeah. where, you know where South Point Mall is, right? Yep, yep. So come, go a little bit further like you're going to Chapel Hill. So once you get past um, exit 270, which is uh, right where Durham and Chapel Hill meet, mm -hmm. as, as that lane gets right there, it narrows to two lanes. And at the wrong time of day, it turns into a parking lot. What yeah. they need they need to give cars and drivers the ability to know where to go if it's backed up, right? So oh, yeah. what ends up happening is they create more accidents in those kind of places. And for older people, that's a, a problem. So they need to create cars that give people the ability to know where to go. And if you got to look down at your phone while you're driving, that's an accident waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. That's well, like, even how do you use when I commuted every day, like, I obviously like knew how to get to work and how to get back, but I would use that Waze app just as a way to avoid traffic because a lot of times I'd be leaving the office and it would be like, you know, Hey, you usually go left. You want to go right today. And I would just 
accept that blindly. And if I didn't accept it blindly, I would get stuck in traffic. <laughs> and I thought that was like a, uh, like a very cool thing where, you know, I would, I would look over, there wouldn't be any traffic. It would be like, you don't want to go that way. And I'd be like, well, I'll, I'll go that way anyway. It'll, it'll be fine. And more often than not, it was telling me the right thing because it was, uh, uh, you know, going the normal way would get me stuck in a traffic jam forever. Whereas just fo following ways blindly would always get me home in a, a reasonable time. Yeah. But, but again, you're, you're just baby. Think about somebody my age, right? You know, like I only know the places I like. I told you, my car knows the five or six places I go, so I know the five or six places I go. Like yeah. I know the roads, I know the signs, and all that stuff. Like if I've got to look down at my phone and I'm driving, that's almost guaranteed I'm gonna hit somebody. So what I do, oh, yeah. I pull off to the side of the road or I go back the way I know, and that means I might be stuck in traffic. But I want to talk about these car these cars and these technologies. So at the end of the day, you know, we've got all of these new exciting and pretty things you know and all of them are pretty right so the new cars are pretty you know but also they are very very fragile right so you are old enough to remember the early corvettes you remember the 1976 79 series of corvettes uh are those the ones with like the big fenders on them yeah 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 and completely fiberglass I yeah. think it's still fiberglass, but but at the time, if you touched it, it just crumbled. It just, yeah. you know. So they're making more cars with that composite material. Yeah. Um, and so in addition to them being newer and lighter, um, you didn't live in New York and New Jersey ever, did you? No. So cars in New York and New Jersey used to have this little fender on the back of them. It was a long little metal tray that went almost to the ground uh -huh. and it allowed you to hit the back of the car without damaging the car oh so, yeah 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 i've seen those yeah so one of the things about cars and things especially in the northeast of being slick you know fender benders happen all the time and so for cars that were made of certain composites you know you didn't have to pull off to the side of the road or have accidents that you know took up too much traffic they allow these, you know, cars to, to, to not be, you know, unusable anymore. Yeah. So yeah. they're moving more and more to those kind of cars that are made of these composites. So, you know, it used to be you walk up to a car and hit it, it sounded like metal. Yeah. Walk up to a car today, any kind of car, and hit it. It yeah. sounds like plastic almost. You know? Yeah. And I think a lot of that is safety stuff now. Like I was reading or listening to a podcast a while ago about how, like, think about like, when I think about like an old car, like an old Mercedes or something, I think about like an almost like a boat, right? This huge piece of steel that drives around and people sort of considered that safe because like, oh, steel is hard. They'll bump together. Everybody will be fine. When in reality, if you get in like a high speed crash and, you know, two pieces of steel hit each other, that impact is, is going to like go through your body versus the car or like that shock wave of impact is going to like mess you up or it's going to like cut you in half. And all the stuff that they've done with this composite and these like uh, really like breakable materials, I think it's been great for safety because now like you can be in, have you ever seen those like tiny little, like they almost look like two person cars. They're like barely five feet long. The tires are real close together. And like, it looks like when I first saw those, I was like, this must be a death trap because there's nothing protecting you. When in reality, it's almost as safe, if not more safe than a lot of the bigger cars, because it's built in a way where if it gets like, if you get in a wreck, that thing is going to like 
more or less disintegrate, but you're going to be safe in the middle of it. Uh, so like, yeah, you get in a wreck, the car's going to be totaled, but at least you're going to be alive. Unlike one of those old Mercedes where you get in a wreck, car's going to be fine, but you may have uh, exploded all of your internal organs from the impact. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not so sure I agree with that because I think that, you know, if you hit a big old giant uh, Ford F-150 in that little teeny weeny thing, <laughs> you might not be all right because uh, even if that Ford F-150 is made of the same material you're made of and you're going to right speed, you might become a part of the Ford F-150 at that point. <laughs> all, the, all the same big pancake. Right, right. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Drew. So we've seen a lot happen, right? So even in our industry, a lot has happened. So where, so I think that one of the pieces that is happening is where do you think all of this technology is going? So a lot has happened in the last few years where parents are going to jail for leaving their children in hot cars, right? Mm -hmm. You know, whether you forgot, you know, we all have so much on our minds. We're preoccupied. We can't think straight. You know, we got oh, yeah. everything going on with us. And some of these technologies in cars now are to kind of let ask you, have you left your child in your car? Yep. So, um, I could see how you could leave your child in your car unintentionally, you know, but still they're charging you criminally for doing it. But the technology yeah. is such that they can prevent you from leaving your car, your child in your car. How do you see that changing? And, and do you think that's an, a, a good thing or do you think that's just carelessness among parents? Uh, I think it's good to have technology reminders like that. It, it always sort of reminds me of, you know, when we first had our cars uh, and seatbelts weren't required uh like now if you don't put your seatbelt on that thing's gonna beep at you like crazy right like you can't uh pull out of the driveway without beep 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 if you don't have your seatbelt on which is like i think that's a good thing right we have we should be wearing our seatbelts but the car is gonna beep at you if if you're not doing it and i almost see like the uh the protective child stuff as an extension to that like and that our most recent car does that as well. Like we don't have a, a baby in the backseat anymore. We got a teenager, but if he's getting out of the car late, the thing like notifies us and it's like, Hey, somebody's still in the backseat. Somebody's still in the backseat. Somebody's still in the backseat. And while it is like a little bit annoying, I don't really mind that that much. There's also a law that is, I believe it's the law was passed. I don't think we've hit the year where it goes into effect yet, but it is around uh, cars detecting uh, impaired drivers. So it will do, it's not necessarily like a breathalyzer test that you have to take when you get into the car, but the car can look at your eyes and observe the way you're driving. And if it thinks you're driving while impaired, it can roll over to the side of the road and shut off. Like it's all these, like, I think they're adding more and more and more of these things into the cars that are for public safety and for like our own safety. Uh, but at some point that's probably going to overreach, right? Like I was going to say the same thing. It's going to overreach because half the damn time you probably think I'm driving impaired all the time. Cause I look like that all the time. Like right now, I guess right. they say, Ooh, you must be impaired. Right. But I'm like, I'm not well. I guess that's what it would find is that I'm just not well. Well, it's, I mean, it's hard to say, right? Like that's, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they can actually, it seems unreachable to me at this point, but I mean, technology moves fast, right? Like plug it into open AI. They can probably tell, you know, what you're doing. And, you know, I, they may see that you drive a certain way all the time and they may be like, oh, that's just the way Rochelle drives. Like 
we're, we know that she's not impaired. Like, that's fine. Like, maybe it can, you know, use a baseline of based off of driver performance and, you know, decide correctly. It seems crazy to me, but it's, it also seems like it's something that could be done with enough time and money. I, I think that in, in large measure, we are constantly monitoring society to the point that, you know, you, you're too young to know this, but back in the, the 70s um, and even part of the 80s when AIDS was around, you know, there was a lot of legislation about what we could and couldn't do. So they were monitoring us for drugs. You know, sex was a problem. You know, all these things we were trying to tell people what they could and couldn't do. And I think that what technology is going to do is going to go back to that for people who want to, you know, manage us, you know, manage yeah. our behavior, right? So if they legal finally legalize marijuana, I'm sorry, cannabis, marijuana is a dirty term. It's, it's a derogatory term. If they, <laughs> It is. It really yep. is a, a, yep. a negative term. If they legalize cannabis, you know, then what are they going to do? Manage what? You know, so how much you can use, just like alcohol, they're going to manage how much you can use. So we yeah. had a birthday party a few years ago for Skip's 60th birthday. So I went to, I had to go to ABC in Raleigh to get a license to buy a certain amount of alcohol oh, yeah. to bring to my home. So then you take that license to the store you're going to buy and then you have to have that license to drive with it in your car and yeah. it has to be in the back seat of your car with that license in it so if you get stopped by the police you have that license to prove you can buy it you know i was sitting there thinking about that like that's a bit strange that somebody it's not open yeah you know you're not you know giving it away you know or anything like that you're but like they manage that part of your life you know you can you, you're buying it legally yeah. and you've got it's just amazing and they're, they're tracking you as well i mean they're saying you know like hey uh rochelle newton bought a bunch of alcohol like uh, you know we're gonna put that in a maybe we're gonna put that in a database somewhere or maybe right. like does that mean we want to send law enforcement by our house uh later that's on and see what's, right. what's going on like that's and, and that part does seem like an overreach to me because it's all legal so Right. It's not like you're trying to sell it to a restaurant. Right. Or anything else like that. But, you know, it's just it's just like, so what else will they monitor? So but going back to the technology that is in our automobiles, you know, it's like it is just a matter of time. So they know. Let me give you another example. So um, Everett had a 19. I'm sorry, a 2007 Camry. We bought it from a dealer in Greensboro and apparently the dealer had done something to the odometer mm. and so when we were buying it we got a call from the whoever does odometers for the state of North Carolina asking us what had we done to the odometer we hadn't even bought it we hadn't even gotten off the lot yet you know yeah. we were paying cash for it and uh how would we know this? And, you know, we we're buying it through the state employees. Yeah. Credit. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, we don't know. We're at the dealership. We we don't know. Yeah. And so sure enough, the dealer or the dealer previously, whoever they got, had changed the odometer setting. Oof. You know, and it's just amazing how they track and monitor those things. You know, and it's like yeah. every single thing in your life. You can almost bet somebody is tracking. Mm -hmm. So when you get down and think about these things, it's one of those things that 
cars now are still pretty much manual. You know, everything you so you have to go to the dealership. I mean, I'm sorry, the DMV to get pay for your 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 next year sticker, but you have to first go to the um whoever does the uh annual um whatever you call that to make sure your car is still in good yeah, and inspections. Inspection, you have to go get that. Then you go to the DMV and you get a sticker. Just think about how much tracking that is done. In a few years, that will not be done. And then to make it worse, you got to go every four, depending on how old you are, you have to go get a new driver's license. All of that will be some point automated. None of that will happen. But the tracking will change. It'll be so much more intense than it is right now. Because right now, those four to six years, however many years you have to go in between, no one is keeping up with you. You know, so every time you drive by a police officer, they scan your license plate. You know, yep. just make sure who you are. Are there any warrants? Have you done anything? Are you legal? You know, you got the right sticker. That's somebody monitoring your every single behavior. Every time you go into a store, someone takes a picture of you, you know, every transaction. You know, someone, especially if you use your, your you enter the information in the store, you scan their information. Someone knows everything that you do almost 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And it's only going to get worse. So as, when you go by. As like right? that Minority Report movie that seemed like so out of, like, it seemed like, it seemed crazy when it came out 10 or 15 years ago. And now, I mean, that is sort of where we are. Like everywhere you go, you know, your face is getting scanned, your car is getting scanned. Everything is getting monitored in some way or another. Every grocery you buy, every, every single thing you do, you go to the dentist, go to the doctor. I go to the doctor Every single thing about me, somebody knows every single thing. You know, I was in the hospital yesterday. I went in the hospital yesterday morning. I was in the hospital. I went in yesterday morning, I think about five o'clock in the morning. I was out by four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Every single thing that they do. Like, I mean, like I look our pen because you can't see all the sticks and stuff, but like every single thing they do, they know. And this person knows and that person knows and that person knows. There's no part of your life you own privately to yourself anymore. You know, there's an old thing among black people about your government name. (laughs) Your government name really means something differently now. And everybody has a government name. It wasn't just black people. Now you all have a government name. You have a government ID. That's your social security number. You have everybody. And you have multiple government IDs all over the place. What I want to know, Drew, off topic a little bit. When are we going to move away from social security numbers and get something that's less obvious and less less, less insecure? Oh yeah, those things. Yeah, I mean, some some countries have them already. They're doing the uh, like private key based. Uh, there's some South American country that's doing it. I can't remember which one, but they have like uh, everybody gets a national ID card, which is pretty much a private key, and like uh, private key, public key cryptography is like a very well known thing or well proven thing. It's a you know you have a private thing that you keep to yourself. And it generates public things that you can give other people. And that's really what we need for our social security number. Because right now, our social security number is the private part. And that's also the part that we have to give people. So those two are like, they're competing philosophies on how you should use your social security number, right? They always say, don't give it to anybody, except for the doctor, or the dentist, your insurance company, uh, your employer. Everybody has it. Yeah. Everybody has it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's impossible not to give it to people. Right. And everybody has it with the secure ID. I know we're running out of time, but Drew, I just want to end with this one little piece. So even with cars right now, these new, this new innovative thing that is coming with cars, how do we keep ourselves secure, Drew? 
I mean, that's, that's another great question. And there's, I mean, really, you're going to have to, at some level, you're going to have to trust the manufacturer, which is, I think that's probably one of the reasons every couple of years, there's a rumor that Apple is going to release a self-driving car, right? And Apple, maybe, maybe that's the next, uh, the anti-Tesla. And maybe that's the one that's going to be, hey, we're going to keep your, your data safe versus, and I don't know that, I don't know what Tesla's privacy policy is, but if I had to guess, it's not very pro-consumer. It's the same one that's on Twitter. The same privacy policy <laughs> on Twitter. Same yeah. one. I yeah. can't wait for Apple to create this stuff to earn cost so I can go get one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Twitter's view is, or not Twitter, but uh, Elon Musk's view on the self-driving cars, which I find, I definitely don't agree with Elon Musk on most things. Uh, But he's saying, you know, self-driving cars are more safe. It doesn't mean that you're not going to die in one. It means you're less likely to die in a self-driving car than a car that is driven by a human. And if you do happen to like get killed in a Tesla, they're going to use that and hopefully make uh, the next Tesla better. Like they're going to use your death as a data point and say, well, here's somebody that died. Like that's something we need to improve. And I think that's a very bleak way to look at it. But that's also like, I don't know of an alternative, right? Like we've cars have to, we have to figure out these self-driving cars somehow. And they are more safe. Like you are less likely to get into a wreck or even die in one of these self-driving cars than a car driven by a human. But it doesn't mean that there's zero chance of it. In fact, that's the same. Far from that's true. the same philosophy the airlines have. Every time yeah. someone dies in an airplane, it's safer for the next person that gets in the airplane. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. And like, I mean, we want it to be safer, right? Like, any loss of life is awful. But if there is a loss of life, like, you know, that old saying where all the OSHA rules rules are written in blood, like, you know, you gotta you gotta learn from the past and not make the same mistakes again and again it's very bleak on that on that bleak note uh thank you everybody for listening uh we'll be back next week with a new episode Uh, if you have questions comments anything at all please shoot us an email at imminentteachnology at gmail.com and we will see you all soon